Welcome to Content Etc, a podcast to help you work through the challenges of marketing your creative small business. I'm your host, journalist and copywriter Michelle Gately from Word by Word Storytelling. I want to help you feel really excited about the content marketing process so you can feel confident in it and know that it's not just something else to cross off your to-do list. I'm all about the gentle and sustainable growth, so if you're after quick hacks and one-size-fits-all templates, then this is not the place for you. My mission is to help you create content marketing that's actually interesting, feels and sounds authentic, not just like a sales robot, and has just a little sprinkle of strategic magic. I want to help you feel really great about your content so that you can show your dream clients why you're their perfect match. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Content Etc. Today, I want to talk about something that is affecting all of us in a few different ways, I think, and it really is a time where it's going to be different for everybody, but I want to talk about things that you can do when sales are slow. And I'm talking about this from a marketing perspective, some things that you can sort of put in place now, maybe when you're not getting the sales that you want to help build a strategy that will help you get sales in the future and help you ride out those tough times that we're seeing at the moment and that we're all experiencing. Things are really uncertain right now for a lot of us. Some of us are facing challenging personal circumstances as well. And I, I did worry about talking about this and approaching this as a topic on the podcast because I don't have all the answers, obviously. And I would never purport to be, you know, this person who can help you get all these sales at all. But I wanted to share a bit of vulnerability with you and share some of what I'm doing because to be completely honest with you, none of my sales plans have really gone as expected this year. So actually, I want this to be the start of a conversation and I want you to get in touch with me and and let me know how you're doing and to ask questions and to share what's working for you right now, because I don't think any of us have all the answers. And I, like I said, I certainly don't want you to listen to this thinking I'm going to solve everything for you, but these are just some things that you could try. So the other thing is it might help you see things a little bit differently if things are feeling tough right now, but also to know that you're not alone if you're finding business really hard. Now, if you're not finding business hard, if things are going well, I don't want to perpetuate the idea that everyone is struggling whatsoever. And I'm so happy for you if you are finding things good right now and you've found a way to work through the tough times that um, are facing a lot of people economically. But it's probably true that you'll inevitably face some quieter times in your business at some point, even if right now you're not going through them. So this can be something that you can refer back to maybe. Um, So before we start, I also want to just mention that there's two blog posts that I'm going to link to or a blog post and a podcast episode I'm going to link to in the show notes. The first one is from Joe Hooper, and this is much more about sort of the mental health aspect of things that you can do when you feel like nothing in business is working. 
And Joe is brilliant at looking at the sort of mindset and mental health behind some of our sales things. So I'm going to link that because that's a really, really helpful and great read if you are just feeling like everything you're trying at the moment isn't getting anywhere. And believe me, I felt like that a little while ago. The only reason, honestly, that I don't feel like that at the moment is nothing to do with business at all. It's because of an opportunity that I've been given, which I will talk about a little bit more in future episodes, I'm sure. But it's something that's happening outside my work and and bringing in a little bit of, of money that way. So this blog post that I'm going to link is a really good reminder of, of how you can sort of take care of yourself when things in business don't feel like they're working. And then the other thing I'm going to link is to a podcast and blog from my, my business coach, Holly, and I also edit her podcast. So I listened to this episode I went through it multiple times and I know it's going to be really helpful. And that approaches things from more of a sales perspective, how you can get more income in your business and change things up if you need sort of an injection of cash at the moment. So I'm going to link both those things in the notes for this episode. So obviously in this episode, I want to focus on the marketing, but before I get into that, I do just want to share a few things that have been helpful for me And that that may help you too. So the first thing is don't be afraid to share your financial worries with a partner or, you know, family, someone you trust. If you're going through that, don't go through it alone. I think nothing is worse than dealing with your anxieties in your own head. It just makes everything worse in my experience. So if you are struggling, just please talk to someone and, you know, ask for help or even just share your concerns. The other thing which Holly also always talks about is understanding your finances and knowing what you actually need to earn to cover your costs. So this can be really scary. I find finances and numbers so like, they just don't work in my brain. I am a words person. (laughs) Numbers just don't add up in my brain, pardon the pun. But it is important to just understand what you need to cover your costs and maybe try to accept that you might not earn more than that. And that's okay right now for this season that we're in. And the other thing that I want to say, and I feel like this is a really taboo topic in the online business world because you don't want to be seen to be giving up on your business or to be failing, but don't be afraid to look at other income streams and other options outside your business. And like I said, I feel like this is very taboo. I feel like this is seen as some sort of failure and it really shouldn't be. It's not a failure to look at some casual work or some part-time work if that means that you're giving yourself a break when it comes to worrying over your finances and if it means that you're able to cover all your bills while your business is going through a tough time because things are economically tough right now, as we all know. I don't need to remind you of that. On that note as well, you know, that's something that I've done this year. I work two days a week as a journalist for the ABC. And just recently, I have had a project commissioned for them, which will actually mean I'm working full time for ABC for the rest of the year. So the project I'm working on is a very exciting podcast project 
and it should be released early next year. And it's a history audio documentary, which is really fun. And the thing is that I didn't pick any of that work up out of a financial need, which I'm, I'm very lucky that I wasn't in a case where we needed it. But I wanted to just use my brain in a different way. I wanted to go back to what I loved about journalism. And it's, it has given me so much more when it comes to the business as well. It's given me more confidence in my writing. And after I do this podcast episode for ABC, I'll have even better podcasting skills. And that will mean that I can help my clients, especially when it comes to the editing side of things, even more. So I'm taking a break from taking on any more work one-to-one for the rest of the year. I'll have some limited sort of power hour slots available, very, very limited. And while that feels scary because I love my business, I really do. It's also opened up space for a few other things within the business like this podcast. And that's something that I want to talk about in this episode. But I just wanted to sort of say that it isn't a failure to look for work outside your business and it's not a bad thing at all. And in fact, it can give you skills that you can come back and apply to your business. So I think especially if that relieves some financial stress that you have, then don't be afraid to do it. And that's just from my personal experience. So let's talk about things that you can do in your marketing when sales have slowed right down. And as I said, I've experienced this during this year as well. I've planned out things, best laid plans have gone awry. And I have felt like I've done everything that I could but the timing just wasn't right. And that might be how you're feeling in your business as well. So in terms of like the offers and things like that, that's where I would uh, say, you know, listen to Holly's podcast, uh, the Busy to Boss podcast for some income producing ideas. But I'm going to talk specifically not about changing your offers or anything like that, but what you can do in your marketing first or some things you can try. So the first thing that I would suggest you look at is your customer journey. Go back through and map your customer journey out. How many touch points do you actually have within your marketing for someone to go from a casual follower, someone who finds you online for the first time to being a client or a customer? How are you helping them along that journey? When you map that journey out, have a look at, you know, can you clarify anything within that journey further? Can you add any more information that will help them along that journey from someone who's interested in your idea, maybe is aware of your brand to someone who is hopefully a really loyal part of your brand and someone who will share your brand with others. Are there areas in that journey where maybe you need to sort of bridge that gap? Now, I'm not going to bring out stats or anything about how many touch points it takes to make a sale because it all varies and every person is individual. The thing is that it's going to differ across your business and the type of things that you're selling. But instead of worrying too much about exactly how many touch points you have, for example, with this process and the customer journey process, what I think would be more helpful for you in this stage is to think about what information are you giving them? So often the buyer sort of journey will go through awareness, awareness that they've got a problem consideration, starting to think about how they want to address that problem, hopefully then moving on to purchasing from you 
and then building that loyalty from your brand. So when you're looking at your customer journey, have a think about how people are going through that. Are they finding you on Instagram and then going to your website and then signing up for a discount on your product and going to your email list? You know, are people actually using that discount or are they sticking around your email list a little while and getting more information and then purchasing? Try to map it out and then have a look at where you can, as I say, give some more information to bridge that gap. Do you need to explain a little bit more how your product can be used in daily life or how your service can help address something that maybe your client, a potential client is having a problem with, but doesn't know that your service will help them with. Just map it out, get some paper, try and think about what information does your customer need to know before they purchase? And are you actually doing that? Are you delivering that through your marketing and how are they seeing it? So the next thing that you can do, number two, is to evaluate your recent marketing. And I'm going to split this into two sections because when you look at your recent marketing, there's two things that you want to look at. First of all, are you actually actively asking for the sale and making a direct sort of proposition? And on the flip side, are you only ever asking for the sale and not building any other information around your brand and your values and who you are? Those two things uh, sit at complete opposites, but I'll, I'll explain them a little bit more. So the first thing is, are you actually asking for the sale? So people will not know what you're offering and what you have for sale if you're too vague about it. So as service-based businesses, I think that we can probably be a little bit guilty of this, being a little bit too vague about what we're actually offering and what services we have available. But the thing is that if you don't ask for the sale, and I know it's difficult to start asking for that, but if you don't do it, then how are people going to know that you can help them? And I think it was uh, Vic Smeldrew who sort of flipped this switch for me to say, rather than looking at it as you asking for something from them, think of it as what you're offering them. So how can you help them? You're going to make their life better through your product or service. So you're sort of offering it as a way to make their life better rather than looking at it as taking something from them. So when you do ask for the sale as well, try and make the next step super clear in your copy so that people know exactly what they have to do. I am a huge fan of content that builds relationships, of course, but if that's all you do and you never ask for the sale, people might not be clear on what can they do to get more from you. If you're just educating all the time, if you're just throwing out free valuable content, which definitely has its place, then they're just going to consume that. They're not necessarily going to know that you can help them even further through a paid product or service. So if that's all you've been sharing, if you've only been sharing that educational content, that free valuable content, then start to put some more direct sales propositions in there, switch it up a little bit and see if that helps, if people are responsive to that. And you can share information about your product. You can do direct sales things of saying, this is how many spaces I have available to work with me. If you're a service-based business, for example, you can say this month, you can work with me in X, Y, Z ways, or you can sort of 
talk about the benefits of your products or you can sort of do it in a little bit more subtle ways but however you're doing it make sure it's a direct sell back to your product or service give that a go and see if that helps on the flip side if that's all you've been doing then people might just see you as someone who's very shouty and comes in their you know in their social sphere and is like buy my thing buy my thing buy my thing buy my thing And they might be ignoring that because they don't know enough about you. They don't have a relationship with your brand. They don't know your brand values. If you do this exercise and sort of look back at your recent marketing, your emails, your social media, all that sort of stuff. If you look back at that and think, actually, all I've been doing is asking for the sale or launching something and I haven't really been talking about my values, I ha- all my posts have just been, hey, this is, this is available now with free shipping. If that's all you're doing, then people might also just feel like they don't have that connection or, or reason to buy from you. And I think that that's something that we all as consumers, it's becoming more important to us, especially from small businesses, to sort of shop small support small and we want to know the people behind the brand we want to know as well you know are there any eco-friendly benefits is this product recycled material for example how does this support my own personal values of sustainability for example we want to know that because it's important for our purchasing decisions go back through your marketing and have a look have you had a nice mix of both things or have you had either too much value-driven stuff with absolutely no information about how people can buy from you or just 100% buying posts and no information about you, your brand values and how you can sort of help enrich their lives. Have you just had 100% sales posts? Have a look at those things and just see if you can increase the mix one way or the other so that you have a nice mix in there but it's definitely important I think most people will probably find that they've been on the end of never asking for the sale or never making it explicit or just assuming that people know that they can go to the link in bio and and buy for example on Instagram or just knowing because we're so close to our offers that we forget sometimes to tell people about these things. And with all of this as well, like this is all stuff I said at the start, I'm going through and I have to remind myself to do these things as well, because we cannot see these things. Sometimes we just assume that people know these things because it's so in our own head. And sometimes we can feel like we're being annoying, which is a big thing. I know a lot of people say about sales stuff. We can feel like we're being annoying. We don't want to be annoying, but remember that The majority of people who follow us on social media, for example, or who perhaps, you know, read your emails even, they don't see everything you put out. So you're not being annoying. Don't worry about it. So the third thing that you can do when sales are slowing down is invest time in your long-term marketing. Earlier on in the episode, I said that doing the full-time work with ABC had meant stepping back from one-on-one client work in the business, but you'll know because you're listening to this podcast that I have decided to really put my time and energy into bringing this podcast back and bringing out really good content. And I'm committed to that for the rest of the year, even though I'm working full time. When things are quieter in your business is the time to work on that marketing 
that you've been putting off for too long because it takes too much time and it takes too long to see a return. If you're already not seeing a return on your marketing, then what have you got to lose? If you're able to cope financially, then now is the time to put the energy into your long form content that takes a while to build up any return on investment. So if you already have an email list, but it sort of falls to the wayside, maybe now's the time to go back and really look at how you can improve that. How can you grow that list? How can you nurture those people so that when they are ready to buy, then all you have to do is send an email and you get sales. How amazing would that be? And as well as doing the podcast, this is actually something that I'm working on. I've wanted to build my email list over a certain number for a long time and it's sort of just plateaued a bit and I do love sending my emails, but I actually just recently knowing that this was a goal that I wanted to do and I I'm not focused on growing money in my business at the moment. I actually booked a power hour with the lovely Lorna Scully and I said, I want to grow my email list. Please help me. How can I do it? And she gave me a full action plan of stuff that I can do to grow that and to improve it. And I see it as now being the time to do that when I'm not in launch mode, when I'm not trying to sell. Now is the time to nurture for me. And as I said, that's something that is sometimes dependent on your financial position. And I'm in a position where I don't need to be bringing too much money into the business because I have some other income at the moment. So for me, the focus is on growing my podcast and growing my email list. But with a podcast as well, or with a blog, it's something that does take a lot of time to get off the ground. So maybe when you're really busy and you're fulfilling orders or you're working with clients one-to-one, you know, you, you just, you say, I don't have the time. It's too much work. But if things are slower, maybe now is the right time to get started so that you're building and nurturing that relationship for when things are picking up a little bit, especially right now, before we head into Q4 and into the festive season, if you've got products and stuff you want to be selling over Christmas, now is the time to be nurturing those relationships and to be starting to talk about that and think about that stuff before it's too late. As I said as well, like I've been going through this this year for full transparency, I decided to relaunch the podcast after I launched something and I didn't get a single sale. And I thought, okay, maybe this is a sign that actually I need to go back and work on my podcast a bit. And it's been wonderful. I love coming on the microphone and talking to you guys, even though it's also what I do for my day job. So I'm just podcast like obsessed at the moment, but I took a step back and I thought, what can I do? You know, I decided that going forward, the podcast is going to be super valuable as is my blog, but I'm putting more energy into the podcast and the emails Right now, when things are really tough economically, people are going to be in research mode for longer. Think about how you're looking at buying things. If money is tight and you don't have as much to spend, then you want to make sure you have an informed decision. You're looking around for longer and you're contemplating that purchase for a bit longer. The same is true for people who are looking at your marketing. So if you have that longer form content, like your emails, like your podcasts, like your blog posts, like your YouTube videos that people can consume, you're helping them make that decision. You're in their mind, you're in their mind for that consideration phase. And when they do have the money to shop with you, or they do decide actually this is worth you know, allocating in my budget, 
you are there. You're their first point of call. And that doesn't happen if you're not showing up through your marketing. So if that's something that's been neglected during busy times, now is the perfect time to sort of go back and have a look at that. Going back to long-term marketing has the added benefit of encouraging you off social media a bit and to not rely so much on social media. I think in the last few months in particular, Instagram has been a source of confusion for some of us just a source of feeling drained and like it's not really getting our businesses anywhere. Again, now is the time to sort of look for outside. How can you build stuff outside of that, knowing that it's going to take a while to build, come off social media a little bit, take a little bit of time off your social media time and put it towards that long form marketing. And that will help you feel less panicky about the idea that Instagram isn't giving you the reach you need because you're actively building this sustainable strategy outside social media. It also means that you're just not surrounded by other people's overwhelm about sales are down or things are weird. Like if you're out of that environment, I've definitely found that it's been easier to do my own thing without constantly being bombarded with what's affecting other people. It allows you to just sort of run your own race a little bit, even though yes I still fall down the Instagram scroll hole because I'm still slightly addicted but I'm just not giving it as much of my creative energy in terms of making content for it I'd rather spend those hours thinking about how to do this podcast better and how to have better conversations with you so the fourth thing that you can do when sales are slow is go and look at your website update your homepage now If you haven't listened to my chat with Dominique on ways to improve your web design, that's a great place to start. She gives some really great pointers on things that we can look at improving. But I know for a fact that, you know, my web pages sat unloved for so long. And I know it's just sort of, we feel like once we've got the website up, unless you're updating a blog or something, a lot of us just leave it, neglect it. And I had a discovery call with someone a few weeks ago who I know has a podcast but I said to her I can't see your podcast listed anywhere on your homepage why is that not on there and that is you know free information for people shout about it put it on your homepage so that's a great example again of how when we are so close to something we forget to sort of look and update and optimize so Give your homepage and your website in general some love. Does your homepage clearly show people what you do and how they can take the next step? Has it got those sales call to actions in there? Do they book a discovery call with you? Can they shop right away? All that sort of stuff. Do you have a clear brand message where the transformation for your potential client or customer is clear. And I know that that's a hard one. Remember, you can keep coming back and keep working on it and keep evolving it because I certainly have. It's also the perfect time to go and update those testimonials. Make sure that you have testimonials as a prominent part of your homepage. It's a social proof that people need to see. And if you haven't asked people for testimonials in a while, then go and do it. If you are a product-based business and you have a good email list and you're having people buying from you, something that happened to me recently, which I think could be so helpful, is I got an email after I purchased. I purchased a new harness and dog lead for my little pug, Percy, which he loves, by the way. And I 
signed up to their email list to get 10% off my first order, which was good because it was a really expensive order. I ended up spending over $100 with them uh, because I really wanted this new training leash that they had. I, again, going back to values, really loved that all the leashes and harnesses were made out of recycled plastic. And I loved that it was an Australian owned brand. So there's that as well. But a little while after, probably a week and a bit after our harness arrived, I got an email from them asking if I would review the product. And for the first time ever, I left a review. It was because I genuinely was so thrilled with the product. It, it changed my life in that walking Percy was no longer an absolute nightmare. It was something we actually wanted to do. And that's what I said in the review. And I had read reviews on their website when I went to purchase. It was really important to me that I found something that would actually help Percy stop pulling, especially when it was going to be an expensive purchase. So I read those reviews and I thought to myself, I should do a review. But if I hadn't got that email to ask me to fill out a form and like, here's the easy way to do the review, I probably actually wouldn't have taken action and done it. So don't, even though customers might really love your products, don't just leave it to them to leave a review. Follow up with them and make it easy for them. Again, show them how they can take the next step and leave a review really easily. And then after that, I got a little discount code to get even more stuff for Percy from this brand. They sent me a discount code after to say thank you for leaving a review. So if you can do that as well, whether it's, uh, you know, a 10% code for, you know, the next 30 days or whether it's free shipping on something, um, try and follow it up, give them an incentive. I didn't know that that was coming, but knowing that has made me more likely to leave a review for them in the future. So that's an exa- a real world example of how you can sort of use your email marketing, your long form marketing in tandem with your website and your homepage and stuff. And that just gives you more social proof as well. So ask people for testimonials, update those testimonials, put them on your homepage. This isn't you shouting out. This isn't you shouting about how amazing you are or how amazing your products is. This is your customers. So you should never feel sort of embarrassed to put that nice and big and bold on your homepage. I mean, obviously not super bold there's a strategy to it but just make sure you have testimonials around and this is your cue to go and ask people for updated testimonials and finally the fifth thing that you can do if sales are slow is to refresh your content marketing and social media marketing plan the reason this is on the list is because we want to make sure that our content is aligned with our business goals and our audience and it's all blending together with our capacity to create that content and the place we are in business right now. That's why I don't think that a content plan is a one and done thing. So it's useful to update it over time. And right now, when things are uncertain, you do probably need to change up your strategy. You might need to change up your content pillars a little bit, or you might need to change up who your audience is a little bit. So what worked last year is not necessarily going to work now. This is a great time to go back and refresh what your strategy is and come up with some new ideas. So at the moment, I am planning something. I wanna put something together for you that will help you through this process. But full transparency, 
the opportunity to work on a podcast for ABC came up unexpectedly and that has put this off till the start of next year. I would love to share how to put together a really simple content marketing plan, but that will be coming next year. In the meantime, you could start right now with my refresh your content email series. So this is a free email series that's going to help you take the first step to sort of rejigging and looking at your content and the way that you're sort of doing everything now, if things feel a little bit off. So at the end of this process, you might not change that much, but I think just going through the process of reflecting and looking at your content can either show you where to change or confirm to you that you're on the right path if you're feeling a little bit all over the place and like things aren't working. Over five days, you're gonna get prompts from me every day in your inbox to help you reflect on your current strategy, look at your capacity, for creating content, clarify who you're speaking to, know what to share on your platforms and a couple of extra little pep talks and things that I want you to remember. And then you'll also be on my list, uh, my notes from the margins emails where I share some tips and behind the scenes experiences of running a business and give you ideas for improving your content marketing. And when I do eventually make the marketing plan little offering that I had in mind for this year, but will no longer have capacity to do this year. When I do release that next year, you will be the first to hear about it and you will get a really nice discount. But the main thing is if you sign up to the free challenge, it's going to land in your inbox from the five days that you signed up. You'll get one every day. It's not time-based or anything. Once you sign up, you'll get an email every day that will help you reflect on your content strategy right now and see where you can update and change things for the future and to help you see where you can make little tweaks or confirm that you are sort of on the right on the right path and to keep going and as I said this is all to do with your marketing in general we're not talking about offers here necessarily although refreshing your marketing if you've got new offers that you want to look at also really important and as I said earlier there will be links in the show notes to some other people who can help you with that and if you want to get the refresh your content free email series then make sure you sign up at the link that will be in the show notes as I said that's a free email challenge that will come into your inbox and help you just reassess where you are with your marketing right now and if there is anything that you can tweak or change to better cope with things. And that's especially important going into planning for the festive season as well, which so many of us will be. So let's just recap all of the tips that I've sort of gone over today. So the first thing to do when sales are slow is have a look at your customer journey. Is there a clear journey, first of all? And how are you helping that customer go from not really knowing about their problem or not knowing how you can solve it to being a loyal customer for your brand? How can you bridge that gap through your marketing and through the information that you provide on your website or in your emails or on your blog? Number two, evaluate your recent marketing. Check that you've got a nice mix of content in there and that you actually are asking for the sale. Number three, Invest time in building your long-form content marketing because it's going to take ages to see a return on investment. So the sooner you start and put some time into that, 
the better prepared you'll be when the economy does start to pick up to convert those people into customers. Number four, update your website homepage. Have a look at your website overall, but focus on the homepage and add some testimonials. And number five, sign up to my free email series, refresh your content plan to evaluate where you're at, to reflect on how things have been going and to look at how you can tweak your marketing plan moving forward. I hope that that's been helpful for you, maybe given you some ideas. And as I said at the start, this is not me telling you exactly what's going to work or a magic fix for this. We're all going through a really weird, uncertain time as we have been for the last few years. But this is some of the things in my experience that have helped when marketing has felt really off for me, or I've been going through a period where I'm just not getting sales, which to be quite frank has been most of this year. So as I said earlier as well, I want this to be a conversation. Please do get in touch with me via email or at word by word storytelling on Instagram and tell me how things are feeling for you. What have you tweaked or changed that you've noticed has helped? Have you tried a new social media marketing platform? Have you started doing emails instead? Like, let's have a chat about what's working for you right now. I don't have all the answers. I wish I did. And I wish I could help you. But everyone's business is different as well. So I'm interested to hear what's working for you. And don't forget that in the show notes, you'll find a link to ask me anything for a future episode of the podcast. So if you've got a question about something in your marketing or in your content that you want me to dive into and you think would be helpful, then you can pick my brains right there. Or if you want one-to-one feedback and advice on something particular, or you want help coming up with really amazing content ideas for a future launch you're doing or for the festive season, how you can sort of ramp up your marketing, then you could also book a one-on-one creative consultation power hour with me. We'll go through everything in depth. These are all sessions tailored to what you need help with and what you want answers on. And at the end, you get the recording and also a list of action points and notes from me so you can actually take action on everything that we've discussed and see those results. So there will be a link to that in the show notes as well. And that is all for the links and all the little things today. So I do hope that this has been helpful, even maybe knowing that you're not the only one who's struggling with sales if things are really hard at the moment. I hope that this has been some comfort and that you get some tips that you can actually put into use as well. So thank you so much for listening and I will be back in your feed next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Content Etc. If you head over to wordbywordstorytelling.com forward slash blog, you'll find a blog version of this episode. There'll be links to anything I've mentioned in this episode in the show notes on your podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by tagging me in your stories on Instagram, where I'm at wordbywordstorytelling. And let me know what your biggest takeaway is from this episode. If you know someone who would enjoy listening to the show, please tell them about it. Word of mouth is still one of the most powerful forms of podcast recommendation. Make sure you're following the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it drops.